Hi everyone. Welcome to the Gigi Tetas podcast. My name is Stacy. I'm a Gigi Teta and this is my podcast. For today's episode, I wanted to address the question, what can a complete beginner expect from jiu-jitsu? And I've been asked this question a few times from people in my life who are interested in jiu-jitsu, but who might be a little scared or nervous about starting. So what can a complete beginner expect? And how can I tell if they're treating me right when I have no martial arts experience? So this is fair, considering it's hard to tell if practices are are legit or if you're just being smashed or used as a practice dummy by others when you have no frame of reference for what to expect. So for this episode, I'm going to discuss various things that a complete beginner can expect from their first month or so of classes. I've broken this up into three categories. The first is etiquette, the second is situations, and the third is personal. So first category, etiquette. What I mean by this is what to expect in terms of how to even get into the building, get into your gi, get onto the mats, Basically, how you behave and how you can expect others to behave as well. So first, getting into the building. You should remove your shoes when you enter the building or in a designated shoe removal area. Do not walk through the building or training area with shoes on. It is possible that you'll see many people walking around with indoor shoes on. So these are usually flip-flops or slide sandals that are purchased specifically for this purpose. They are never worn outside of the building, ever. If you'd like, you can also purchase brand new flip-flops or slider sandals and bring them in your bag with you and put them in your jujitsu school, leave them somewhere in your school, and they would never, ever, ever leave the school. Then you can walk around your school with your clean sandals on. Next changing into your gi. So basic etiquette, use the bathroom or a locker room. Never ever change your clothes on the mats. Also, do not change your clothes in the common areas. You should not be seeing people doing this at the school that you're attending. Okay, (laughs) some of these things you might think that, oh, this shouldn't have to be said, but you know, sometimes you see some stuff So yes, it has to be said. Use the bathroom, use the locker room, do not change on the mats or in common areas. Now for your gi trousers, okay, this is something that tends to confuse people. Your gi trousers, most of them will have a dual drawstring type of adjustment where you can cinch the waist closed by pulling the drawstrings on either side of your hips. And then once you've cinched the waist closed and you've pulled the strings tight to secure, You can then thread the strings through the belt loops. There's usually a set of one or two belt loops near the front, and then you just tie it like normal. Um, I do recommend actually double knotting it for extra security, because I know that when I've been moving around a lot, if I just single tie the, the tie, then it tends to come undone, and then I have strings hanging around, so I like to double knot mine. Okay, next, tying your belt. There's a million and one ways to figure out how to tie your belt. So no one way necessarily is better than the other. 
If you're confused, you should be able to ask somebody there for help and they should help you. If you're too nervous to ask somebody, there's literally like there's so many tutorials. There's like a million tutorials on YouTube, TikTok, any of those types of of places that will show you step by step exactly how to tie your belt. If all else fails, just get it around your waist and tie it in the way that you know how and then you can figure it out later. You know, we just don't want to fuss around with it too much. Um, And then when, you know, when somebody shows you how to do it, you can practice it a, a little bit more afterwards. Also, just kind of talking about belts, if your belt comes off during the class, then you'll need to tie it back up again. Same thing with your gi trousers. If they continually come untied, you're going to need to fix it. This is also why I recommend double knotting the tie when you put your trousers on. Next, jewelry and fingernails. You will need to remove your jewelry, such as like earrings, face piercings, rings, bracelets, necklaces, watches, like all that kind of stuff. And make sure that your nails, your fingernails and your toenails are cut short. This is twofold. Number one, this is going to prevent your own jewelry or your own nails from snagging on something and ripping out of you. And second, it's going to prevent your jewelry or your long nails from scratching a gash into your training partner. I've seen it happen. I've had it happen to me. Like, it happens. So it might seem like a small thing, but you know what? It's... Nothing worse than getting a slash across your face from somebody's long nails, okay? So cut your nails, remove your jewelry. Next, stepping onto the mats. So most jiu-jitsu schools that I'm aware of follow the etiquette of bowing before stepping onto the mats and before you step off of the mats. So you should be doing the same unless you are specifically instructed otherwise. This is a sign of respect for the training space and that you will follow the guidance of the professors and the coaches. And depending on the school you're at, you may need to also bow to the founder of the school and or your coaches and training partners. Again, it's a sign of respect and it reminds you to honor those who came before you as well as to honor those who are with you now. And additionally, you may need to bow in and out of class So like as in bow to each other before you start your warm-up and then you bow to each other as the end of the class. Next, during your class. Okay, so this might seem pretty basic, but don't talk to people during instruction. I mean, just, you know, pay attention. Also, if you can't see what they're demonstrating, you're allowed to move to a spot where you can see what they're demonstrating. Okay, it's better to, to, you know, move around and figure out what's happening than be set to practice and then you have no idea what's going on. Okay, next, tapping. Tapping is incredibly important for safety. When you are practicing the technique and somebody taps you, immediately stop and let go. Tap means stop. You should also be tapping the other person the moment that you feel the pressure from the technique. So either the choke or the joint lock or whatever. When you feel that choke pressing or you feel the hyperextension in your joint, tap immediately. This is for safety. This is not a time for you to be wondering, how, how far can my elbow joint extend? This is not the time or place for that. that no. 
when you feel the hyperextension, you tap your partner and they let it go. When you're hyperextending your partner's joints or you're choking, you've got your arm around their neck, you're choking them, and they tap you, stop and let it go. Okay? This is extremely important for safety. Tap means stop. Okay, next. Lining up by rank. Now, many academies do this. My academy does this. Depending on your academy, you might be all in one straight line or you might be in multiple rows. So if you're in one straight line, the white belts are usually all the way to one side and the highest belt in the class, you know, minus the professors and the coaches who will stand in the front of the class. So the other highest belts in the class are at the other side. I know for my academy in particular, whichever direction we're facing, the white belts are always to the far left, and then it goes up from there, and the highest belts are at the far right. If you are a white belt with no stripes, all of the white belts with stripes will technically outrank you, and so they will be lined up towards the higher belt end of the line from you. Um, so basically, whatever belt color you are, if you have zero stripes, anybody with that same belt color but who has stripes will outrank you and they will come after you in line towards the seniority end of the line. If you're in multiple rows, you may need to check with the academy that you're in. Um, so my academy doesn't do multiple rows, we just do one long line. But I have seen multiple rows before. So what I've seen is that the beginners are usually in the backmost row and then each subsequent row moving forward has people with more experience. So then the most experienced people are in the front. Last for etiquette is leaving class. So we've already addressed bowing out of the class, bowing off of the mats. And this is one more thing that I want to talk about before you leave the building. Okay. I mean, technically, this is more of a personal preference of mine, but I do not recommend leaving class and getting back into your car while you're still wearing your sweaty jujitsu uniform. I recommend bringing a change of clothes and it doesn't really have to be fancy, just literally any casual comfy clothes that you have will do and a waterproof bag of some kind. So I just use like a plastic grocery bag. It's really not fancy to put your sweaty things into until you get home. So change your clothes Put your sweaty things in a waterproof bag to take home with you. Once you get home, take a shower and wash your gear. Take a shower and wash your gear. More on this in a future episode about cleanliness and hygiene. Okay, so that's the etiquette. Next, so the second category is situational. So what I mean by this is what to expect from your beginner's classes or really what should be happening in your beginner's classes. Like how should they be structured? What can you expect? So first, like I said earlier, in terms of etiquette, you're going to be bowing in to the class. And so after you bow in, you can expect a warm up sequence of some kind. So different academies might have different variations on what the exercises are, but you should definitely be doing a warm-up before anything else. And guys, just do your best to follow along. You, please don't worry if you don't get all of the reps 
or if you can't do all of the exercises or if you're confused about which foot or leg goes where, don't worry about that. Okay, just do your best. It's a warm-up. Just get your blood pumping, get your break a little sweat, get your body moving. You just want warm muscles before you do anything else, okay? Figuring out all the different jujitsu moves that go into the warm-up will come with time, okay? So you don't have to worry about trying to get it on your first or second day, okay? Just do your best. Okay, so then you have a warm-up. Next, depend honestly, depending on your academy, they might have you do line drills. Um, so this is basically a series of technique movement drills that you'll do in a line down the mats, hence the name line drills. You know, we're not like super duper creative with these names. Anyway, so if you're in your first few classes, you might either be excused from this or they might partner you with a higher belt who can show you what to do. Um, again, it's it's drills for jujitsu specific techniques that you guys can do in in class together. But so if your academy doesn't have you guys doing line drills, then most likely after your warm up, they will immediately just start instruction. So the professors and coaches will be demonstrating different techniques for you for that day and explaining the mechanics of it. So like I said earlier, if you have a difficult time seeing what's happening, you're allowed to move to a spot where you can see what's happening. Okay, in fact, you know, you should be being encouraged by the others in the class to please move to a place where you can see what's going on. Also, they should have you practicing each technique after they demonstrate it. And additionally, since you are a beginner, they should be partnering you up with a higher belt so that this person can help you. Okay, it is, listen, jujitsu is super awkward schmuckward in the beginning, so at least one of y'all needs to know what you're doing. Okay, one of you has to know what's going on. Also, how you train is how you perform. So if you practice and train and build muscle memory with sloppy or bad technique, it's much harder to unlearn that down the line than learning it correctly in the first place. But <laughs> that's not to say that they should be criticizing every little thing that you do, but also they shouldn't just like let you do things incorrectly all the time because you're just a beginner and you don't know better. You know, they should be offering you um, constructive feedback. They should be helping you get into the right positions. They should be helping you with leverage and all that kind of stuff, okay, to help you build muscle memory because how you train is how you perform. Okay. All right. So then you practice. So now you've practiced. Next, there's usually an application element to the class. So generally, this is positional or set sparring. And you are most likely to participate in this under supervision. Basically, what happens is you and your training partner will be put in a specific position. So like the guard position, mount position, whatever, depending on whatever you worked on that day. And you'll be told to either sweep or submit or escape. This will give you an opportunity to practice and apply everything that you were taught in that class. And this is another reason why you should be partnered with a higher belt, because they will let you practice what you learned with minimal resistance from them. And they might even coach you along the way if you got overwhelmed and you forgot how to do one of the techniques or if you start combining techniques because you only remembered the first part of the first one and the second part of the second one and you're just like, I don't know what to do here. Okay, so like I said earlier, one of y'all needs to know what you're doing. So 
you should be partnered with a higher belt. So after sets, so you've done all the stuff, you've seen the demonstrations, you've practiced the techniques, now you've done your positional set sparring. Now, lots of academies will end their classes with live sparring, or maybe they, they add it on at the end of the class. However, you as a beginner should not be participating in this at all. Okay, basically live sparring is when two partners face each other. They do the slap bump, right? So like you, you slap hands and then you bump fists and then you just go. You know, they'll just work to gain different positions, practice takedowns or whatever, whatever. Okay, but you should not be doing that. If you are directed to participate in this part of the class, you should decline and then get out of that academy. It is not safe for beginners to participate in live sparring, period. You must have more training and experience before you ever do live sparring. I mean, first, it's overwhelming and frustrating, which leads to you using way too much strength to compensate for your lack of knowledge and your lack of skill. And second, it's incredibly dangerous when you don't have the experience or the training to protect yourself to to tuck and roll when you need to to tap when you need to or to even honor the tap of your partner because we all know how it feels when you get too much into the moment and your partner's tapping you and you're just kind of you just keep going and your partner has to like really get your attention be like oh my god I said tap what are you doing to me is too dangerous beginners should never ever ever be doing live sparring ever okay <laughs> it's like thank you for coming to my TED talk but anyway I mean for real though it's it, it's a safety issue like I don't play around when it comes to people's safety okay we don't play around this is jujitsu for life we want people to continue to be doing jujitsu safely as safely as possible and with consideration for themselves and for their training partners so you know, as, as, as cool as it might seem to see everybody else doing the, the live sparring and stuff, it's like, oh, I wish I could do that. Like, you will, just not right now, okay? That's the kind of thing that you have to earn with time. You need to be able to have the experience, the training, the safety knowledge, the knowing how to protect yourself, knowing how to protect your partner, you can't be doing that stuff if you don't know how to do those things I just said. It's just, it's too, it's too dangerous. It's too risky and it's just not worth it. Okay. <laughs> so back on track. So you've done your whole entire class. You've done all the practicing. You've watched everybody else do live sparring. Now at the end of the class, you should be bowing out just like you did when the class started. Um, some academies will have everybody shake hands afterwards. So, you know, you'll be able to observe what your academy does and just follow their lead. And the final thing after class ends and everyone has bowed out is to clean the mats. If your academy is not cleaning their mats after every class, you need to find a new academy. Okay. <laughs> it's just, that's just nasty. 
all right? If they're not cleaning their mats after people are sweating stuff all over it, absolutely, no, absolutely not. <laughs> More on cleanliness and hygiene in a future episode, probably the next one. Recap. So recap, we've had category one, which was etiquette, category two, which was situational. So basically, what would a class structure even look like? And category three is more what I am calling personal. So what I mean by this is how will you feel in body, mind, and spirit when you when you start? So honestly, you guys, this is going to be different, slightly different for each individual person. But there are some general things that beginners go through that are sort of universal for, for all beginners. And even some of us who have more experience. So physical, so your body. Some things that you might experience in your body, you might be sore, um, you might be tired, you might experience weight loss, you might experience body composition changes, you might experience feeling more invigorated, actually. Um, You might have an increased stamina, You might have better body awareness, more strength, um, more flexibility, those kinds of things. So also you're probably going to find bruises all over the place. I mean, I still do. I have, I used to have more in the beginning for sure. I mean, nowadays I still find some, but I don't know if maybe my skin has gotten used to it or what, but yeah, you're probably going to find bruises too. For mental, so your mind, you might be having... A mixture of things going through your mind. You might be confused, but also interested. You might be calm, but also have tunnel vision, like trying to be like, I'm going to do this one thing. Um, you might be trying to, you might be really trying to puzzle it out. Be like, oh, what if I do this? Then they do that. Um, overthinking, which <clears throat> join a club. You know, thinking about it a lot. Um, you know, you might find yourself after class thinking about jujitsu in general, practicing moves in your head, or thinking really, you know, kind of reliving the class, thinking to yourself, oh, when they did that, oh, I should probably should have done this. You know what? I'm going to try that next time. I think next time I'm going to try that and see what happens. Those kinds of things. That's really common. A lot of people have that kind of. Um, post-class just the the post-class reflection about how things went and what they want to try and emotional your spirit so body mind and spirit physical mental emotional you might feel a lot of different things sometimes at the same time sometimes in, in stages or whatever you might feel awkward you might feel overwhelmed you might feel frustrated at times but you also might feel happy and proud of yourself, and confident, and self-assured, and excited, and just over the moon. And I really feel that the positive emotions far outweigh any negative emotions that come around. So, you know, the thing is, is just, you know, just, just keep coming back. Like Professor Carlos says, the hardest jujitsu belt to a to get okay it's actually not the black belt everybody thinks oh my god it's gonna be the black belt actually no 
that's probably the second hardest one. The hardest one, the hardest belt in jujitsu to get is your white belt because it's, it's a kind of a scary thing. It takes so much courage to walk through the door and start and then to keep coming back when it's awkward, when it's weird, when you're getting people sweat dripping on you. I'm like, ew, that's gross. You know, when you're trying to figure something out and maybe you can't figure it out right away and then you start getting frustrated. Like, oh my God, we're trying to figure this out. You know, just keep trying, keep coming back. It's the consistency. Keep coming back, never give up. A black belt is just a white belt who never quit training. That's all. But in order to, to never stop training, you have to start. And most people don't start. So if you started or if you're going to start, that's honestly, you guys, I'm so proud of you. That's most of the battle right there. And you've done it. Yay. Yay. Let's so give you a round of applause. Woohoo! I don't want to clap too hard into the microphone. Okay. So, um, I really hope that all of this has helped you to be more confident in starting your classes now that you have a better idea of what to expect and how to act. Um, if you have a question that didn't get answered here, or if you trained jujitsu and you wanted me to add something that I forgot to mention, um, guys, DM me on Instagram at Jujiteras Podcast. Um, I link, or you can DM me on Instagram at Jujitera. Like, that's my jujitsu Instagram. I link those in every single. Um, episode in the show notes so and I figured out how to do links so all you have to do is just click on the name and it should take you directly to the Instagram page and the same thing with my email guys email me at jujiteraspodcast at gmail.com and again I know I'm saying it kind of quickly but it all literally all the stuff is written out spelled out for you in the show notes you can just click the links and it'll take you right there yay awesome I look forward to hearing from you let's have a conversation Thank you so much. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast, give it a rating, and leave me a review. If you have any questions for me, or if there's something you want me to talk about, then DM me on Instagram at Podcast, or email me at jujiteraspodcast at gmail.com. These will all be linked in the show notes below. See you next time.